0: All right, keep your Bibles open, and uh, we're going to have a look at that in a bit of detail. Now, for, for the detailed uh, people amongst us, you might be thinking, I thought Assistant Minister Andrew Bowles was meant to be preaching this morning. Uh, you are correct. He was meant to be, and he's very ill at the moment <laughs> and at home. Uh, so I've come in at late notice. So can we all just take a moment to lower our expectations <laughs> of what's going to happen this morning? All sufficiently low? Excellent. We'll have a good morning. <laughs> hey, in my, in my job, I get to uh, often go, to, well, not often, but sometimes get to go into schools and talk with just a class of students about Christianity. And I got this opportunity a few years back. I uh, went in, I think it was a bunch of year nine boys uh, that we were joining, and the teachers had given us the whole session to present Christianity <laughs> to them. So, what we did was we got, there was a whiteboard in the room. We got the whiteboard out and we wrote out the word religion in the middle of the whiteboard and got the boys to call out what words spring to mind and what things spring to mind when they hear the word religion. And so we got a, we, and they, they called them out. We got a whole bunch of words. There's a lot of things like candles, crosses, uh, ministers dressed in robes, bishop hats, uh, confession, uh, these sort of things Uh, and so we we had this sort of this list around religion and then on the other whiteboard we wrote the word relationship and we got them to call out words that spring to mind when you think of relationship and there was things like trust and kindness and friends and family and uh, it was E9 boys so sex was mentioned several times and you know uh, and so we got a bunch of words up on the board for relationship. And we looked at both, looked at both of them and I said, well, according to the Bible and what God's word, actually, Christianity is more of a relationship than it is a religion. Because the list of religious stuff was sort of things, and the Christianity stuff, uh, the relationship stuff, you know, it, was sort of, sort of, it was more personal. It was, it was interactive. It, you know, it was something that you'd really want in, in your life. And so you might have heard this before, that Christianity is more of a relationship than it is a religion. You may have heard me preach it from here, because uh, I like it. I think it's a helpful way to think about uh, what it means to be a Christian. That said, Christianity is still technically a religion. <laughs> so, we sort of can't get around that. And we can also can't get around the fact that uh, religion, particularly perhaps reflected in this list of words the boys came up with, um, some of the words that were, were quite negative. Uh, and, you know, they, they sort of had restrictive and, and judgmental and stuff like that as some other words that they threw up there. So, because religion doesn't have an awesome reputation in our society. Uh, Christopher Hitchens, a couple of years back, uh, he wrote a book called God is Not Great. How Religion Poisons Everything. Right? Not, not a positive outlook there. And lots of people bought that book and, and, and agreed with it. So many people who do follow Jesus, we prefer the word relationship to religion, me included, but we can't get around the fact that technically Christianity is a religion because religion really means uh, the system of beliefs and practices we use to make decisions about life. Uh, religion is about faith and action working together and so this is what James the writer of our passage today is on about uh, when he, he's focused on true religion I guess which probably has more of the relationship side of it than the, the, the list that the boys came up with in that class. So your religion is not only what you believe it's not only what you feel but it's what you actually do with your life and your identity as a person shows through what you choose to do in your life and the decisions you make in life. Now, James recognises that there can be, can be different kinds of religions and some are worthless. Some religions or expressions of religion do poison things, like Christopher Hitchens says in his book, but that some expressions of religion are true and are good. For James, Christianity as a way of life and as a religion is only a true religion if it leads to a changed life. And he's just following Jesus on this. Jesus had exactly the same attitude. And so the question we need to ask is, well, if you are a Christian, are you actually putting your faith into practice? Is it actually influencing the way you live? He says in verse 27... Uh, Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Now we should point out he hasn't just given us an exhaustive list of what it looks like uh, to do true religion, but he's giving us a good summary uh, in that caring for orphans and widows is um, symbolic of looking after those who are in need of caring about those who perhaps the rest of society would exclude or would look down on Uh, and and caring for those who are finding life tough. And and in doing that, we're not allowing the things in the world, in our culture, uh, that would stop us from doing that or push us in other directions from influencing us, that we would have a barrier there so we're not influenced too much by the world. This kind of religion, this kind of faith, is faith that is active, and it's faith that leads to action. And so James contrasts this with worthless and false religion. False religion is when you just have a set of beliefs, well, and that's it. <laughs> like it doesn't actually change it. it like doesn't actually do anything. It doesn't change the way you live. It doesn't lead to positive action. In verse 26, he, talks, he gives an example. He talks about people whose beliefs don't change the way they speak to people. You know, now, we've all met somebody who doesn't speak to people very nicely. Perhaps you've been that person in the past. Perhaps you've been that person this morning. Uh, but James is saying, well, some people, just, their, their Christianity doesn't change the way they speak and they, they don't start treating it, you know, speaking to people differently. Uh, it hasn't affected that part of their life. And actually, this is, that's going to be a full topic of one of uh, a, f- a future morning um, in this series. So we'll go into that in a lot more detail in a few weeks. But let's think about what it might mean for for Christianity to be a false religion or to to look like a false religion. I ha- I've got a great story for this, and I've stolen it from Bill Hybels. So Bill Hybels is a uh, a leader of a big church in America, and. At his church, they had this catchphrase going around a bit uh, for a while saying, you need to do a heart check. And this was their focus on uh, their faith being lived out in action. So when you're about to make a decision at their church, they would say, you need to do a heart check. Make sure that that decision is coming from your relationship with Jesus, not from some selfish desire or a desire for revenge or you know, something else. that's sort of a, a negative motivation. And so this is what they do, about to make a decision. I'll do a heart check, check it out. Anyway, they were looking for a new leader for their equivalent of the parish council. Right? So our parish council is like our most senior volunteer leader group. Uh, they sort of oversee the big decisions about staffing and money and vision and mission and this sort of thing. And so uh, Bill Heibel's church was looking for somebody to join this te- the equivalent of that, uh, that p- team at their church. And so he meets up with this potential recruit for the team uh, to see if he'd be an appropriate person uh, to lead the church in that way. And so they're catching up and they're talking about the values of the church and uh, what, what they hope to see the church achieve in, in the future and so on. And this guy says to Bill, Bill, I can get on board with everything about you know, that our church values. I can get on board with all of this, except this bit about giving money to the church. I'm not going to do that. My money's mine. I'll do what I want with it. Okay, well, that meeting wrapped up fairly quickly after that and uh, he was not invited onto the leadership team. Next Sunday, during uh, musical worship, Bill looks over and sees this guy, front row, eyes closed, arms wide, singing a famous line from a famous song, I surrender all. And Bill said, I didn't want to give that guy a heart check. I wanted to give him a face check. (laughs) Because hypocrisy, singing loudly, stating in front of many people that I surrender all, and yet in the meeting during the week had specifically said the exact opposite and certainly acted in that way. And that sort of thing, by the way, is one reason why Australians are cynical about religion. It's not the only reason, but it is one reason. Okay, let's think about that for a moment. Let's assume that guy is a genuine follower of Jesus, right? So he genuinely believes Jesus is Lord. He genuinely believes he died for our sins and rose again. Okay? What's what's going on there? What's what's the issue? Well, his religion is false. Because all it is is some knowledge. It's some sort of intellectual thing going on not translating into actual action. So I think James would say that guy's religion was false. He uses this quite powerful image of the mirror um, and this is, a, this is an image uh, from the Bible that stuck with me for a long time and I keep coming back to it in my own life. Uh, he says in verses 22 to 24, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. False religion is like someone doing that. Having a look in the cells in a mirror, walking away and forgetting what they look like. James says that people do this with God and they do this with his word. So the main place we find God's word is in the Bible. right? This is where we learn about God. Um, Jesus is also described as the word of God. So we need to think of it as more than just the text on the page as well, that Jesus himself was the word of God. Now, of course, the main place we learn about Jesus is in the Bible. So they're very, very closely connected. Um, But, of course, Jesus is still at work. Uh, in the world today through his spirit. Um, When we look into God's word, we can see who we were made to be. We can see that we're made in God's image. We can see that we're loved by God. And again, when you look at Jesus, you get to see that in in an amazing way. We can see that we're made to bring good things into the world, that we're made to bring blessing into the world, especially in our relationships with other people, and that we're actually made so that we can fight against evil and against sin, and, and that God gives us these commandments that if we obey them, we are helping in that process of freeing people from sin and from evil, and freeing ourselves from sin and evil. So we look at that, we look at God's Word, we look at Jesus, we look at all these good things God has, for us to do and all these good things God has for us to be. And then we look away and we just do what everyone else is doing. That That's an example of false religion. Let me give you some examples of this. Um, we look into God's word and we see the way Jesus talks about money. He encourages generosity uh, and he... Uh, whether we have lots of cash or whether we don't have much of it, he warns us against showing off our wealth and, and sort of idolizing our wealth. He warns against, you know, getting into large amounts of debt so that the person you owe is sort of, you know, you're almost a slave to them. Uh, and, and he commands us to give to the work of the church. So we see that. We look away. We think about upgrading our phone or our TV or a car, or a house, or a holiday house, or a boat. We put ourselves into 30 years of debt by taking out a mortgage for a home that's got three rooms that we'll only ever use for junk. And we let the bag pass by us at church and then spend 50 bucks on food and drink just for ourselves later in the day. How about this? We look into God's Word and we see mercy and forgiveness. They're at the centre of God's character. His mercy towards those who have sinned. Uh, Jesus' clear teaching on making sure we don't just accept his forgiveness, but that we also forgive other people. Uh, we see Jesus' death and resurrection, this huge historical statement about Jesus' forgiveness, uh, despite the mountain of human sin throughout history and in our own lives. We see that. We look away and we keep holding grudges. We refuse to talk to people we work with or study with or even go to church with, and we make people pay for their sins as long as possible. By the way, I realise you're getting, people on this side are getting like the negative bit and you guys are getting the positive bit. That's not a statement about my value of you as sort of areas of the room, just to make that clear. Um, We look into God's word and we see how God holds, uh, the views God holds about sex. That commitment and covenant are are central to the way we use sex. Uh, That sex is only to be used within marriage relationship of lifelong commitment, service to each other. That sex is about pleasure for the other person rather than for ourselves. That sex is between a husband and a wife uh, is used as a comparison with God's love for His church. And we look away, and we forget about the covenant bit, and we feel lonely, so we forget about the commitment bit, and you know, jump jump ahead far too quickly. Uh, We use other people um, to pleasure ourselves. Uh, In particular, pornography is a big issue for a lot of people. And, well, you know, that's how our culture does it. That's what I'll do. We look into God's Word and we see God's care for the poor, for those who have been beaten down and excluded by the rest of society. We see Jesus become their friends. We see Jesus pray for them. We see Jesus defend and encourage those people in public and we look away, and we avoid that dirty-looking person on public transport, we tease the loner kid at school, and we dismiss people who are different as weirdos and try and have nothing to do with them. False religion makes false people. <laughs> false people are hard to trust and impossible to respect. How are you feeling? <laughs> <laughs> it can be a bit depressing, isn't it? Like, Because you know, it, it can be hard to do this. It can be hard to take what we believe and know is right and turn it into effective action, action particularly when most other people in our society are doing the opposite. You know? it's, I mean, if society's doing it, it's kind of easy to go along with, isn't it? But if you have to be countercultural, that's a big challenge. And, and so this can be a source of great guilt, a sense of failure for us, and so, I mean, James is a straight talker, right? He's just telling us how it is. So it's okay to be challenged by this. It's okay to be feeling a bit sort of, oh, you know, I've got some things to work on. That's okay. Don't think of that as a bad thing. But Tim reminded us, uh, Tim, our senior minister, he reminded us this uh, last year where he said, in these sort of passages where the Bible's very straight talking and where everyone in the room probably has something that they need to work on uh, in the way they're living at the moment, uh, two sorts of groups form Acc- accidentally, like not necessarily consciously. There's the people who only hear uh, the, the conviction of the passage and there's people who only hear the grace of the passage, right? And usually you, you, you hear the one that you don't need, <laughs> right? So maybe you're very well aware of your own flaws and your own areas of false religion and what you need to hear from this passage is the grace bits the bits where we're encouraged Uh, and I'll I'll outline a couple of those in a moment Uh, and and so if you are feeling like oh I'm so bad make sure you open your ears for the next few minutes but likewise if you think you're all good and you think James would would look at you and go excellent you are an example of perfect true religion Please wake up to your deluded image of yourself. <laughs> right, So everyone uh, is going to, needs to be challenged by this in one way or another. Not always in the same way. Some people will be challenged in different areas to others. But we all need to hear the challenge that James is putting in. Okay, Now, verse 21, I think, is a good example of grace in this passage, uh, where James says, uh, Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent, sort of talking about the world, and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. See, true religion is not about creating a list of rules and then keeping them to the letter. It's about living out the identity we have been given freely by Jesus as Christians. The implanted word is the good news of Jesus, uh, which is not a message about a variety of good things that we should do, uh, but it's about what God has done for us Jesus' death and resurrection, when we believe that deep down, it saves us from our weaknesses, it saves us from our sin, it saves us from our false religion. So if you're going, oh, gee, I do have false religion in this area of my life, understand that, yes, it's good to work on that, but that also you are saved from that when you put your faith in Christ. Let me give you a hypothetical on how this can work really practically. Say a friend of yours from church... um, has a confidential conversation with you and admits that they're addicted to pornography and that they've never given a cent to the church even though they've been coming for 10 years. Plus, they've been lying about it, saying they never watch pornography and they give heaps. Okay, so sort of a you know, compounding the issue with lying about it. How should we respond? Well, I think if we're too heavy on conviction... Uh, and, and sort of too quick to read the, the sort of the, yeah the tougher bits of the passage, we might say that sounds your lo- sounds like you're not a Christian. Christians wouldn't do that. You're not a Christian because you do- because of your behaviour. That's not a helpful way to look at it. Here's a much better helpful way to look at it. Here's the way James is um, proposing that we think about it. That's to say, mate, you don't need to keep living like that because you're a Christian. You're made for something better. You're made to walk in the light and the truth. So live out your identity that you already have more and more. Do you see the difference there? Both of them are challenging the person to change the way they live, but one's coming out of an identity of someone who's already forgiven. The other is accusing them of not knowing Jesus, I guess. James doesn't say, look into the mirror, try to remember a bunch of rules, and then go and do the rules. (laughs) <laughs> or forget the rules he says um, when we look into the mirror we forget, and we walk away we forget what we look like <laughs> we forget who we are in the eyes of god so to finish let's just get practical i think I think tonight we might, uh, to this morning sorry we might fall into two broad categories i i think there's one category of people who probably don't look in the mirror enough <laughs> And when we do look in the mirror, we quickly forget when we look away. Uh, so maybe you're new to Christianity and so you just need more time looking into the mirror. <laughs> you, know, you need to actually get to know God's Word more. You need to get to know Jesus more. And I just want to say, that's cool. You need the time to do that. We'd love to support you in doing that. Uh, all I'd say is make sure you don't give Christianity a quick glance, but stare deeply into it. Give it the time it needs to really, uh, have enough, you know, to, to really um, get the full picture. Oh, but maybe you are a Christian uh, and you just don't know God's word enough to apply it properly. Now, again, this can happen accidentally. I know for some people, if you struggle to read, you know, even a short article online, reading one of the harder bits in the Bible can be a, sort of a big obstacle to overcome. Uh, but I would just say, well, that's why we've got free audio books on the internet. That's why we've got life groups that meet during the week where you sit together and you read the Bible. That's why we've got other Christians so that we can read the Bible and talk about it together. So, if you're limiting yourself just to personal Bible reading, realize that reading the Bible together is a great thing to do and just changes the situation immensely. I guess it could also be deliberate, though. You might get the sense that if I look too long into God's Word, I'm going to have to change a few things about the way I live, and I don't really want to do that. <laughs> and so, you deliberately avoid, you know, maybe you always take a toilet break at church <laughs> when, the, when someone's reading the Bible or preaching, or maybe you just avoid reading the Bible getting to know Jesus because you're worried about what will happen. Well, all I can say to that is I genuinely believe that if that is your long-term strategy, you are robbing yourself of all the good things about being a Christian. You're keeping all the challenges because you know there's issues and you know you probably should feel a bit guilty about a few things that you've done, but you're not getting all the, the life and the truth that comes through Living wholeheartedly for Jesus. So don't rip yourself off. Change things. Second group of people, you do look into the mirror, heaps, and you don't forget when you walk away, but there's probably a few smudges on the mirror. You know, at our place, you know, we've got those mirrors on the, on the wardrobe, you know, that go the, the full length. So at our place, they're very clean up at this level, and below four feet, <laughs> there's a lot of like small finger marks. All over the mirrors is a bit smudgy, and so what I'm just suggesting to you is that that maybe maybe you've got a blind spot. You know, I, every, every couple of years I realise I think I'm going all right this year. I'm following Jesus pretty well, and then God shows you know wipes away a smudge and says, "Okay, yeah, you're doing all right. I still love you. Now let's work on this this area where you need to grow in maturity and be more like Jesus." So just have a think about that. Have a pray about that. Um, Is there a smudge that you need to wipe away in order to embrace true religion more wholeheartedly? Okay, we're about to finish. It's okay, as I said, it's okay to feel a bit troubled about this. It's okay to feel challenged about this. James is a straight talker. doesn't pull his punches. He wants you to be challenged. Good. So if you're feeling challenged, great. Go, this has been a good morning at church. Uh, But please be encouraged also that when we seek to live God's way, God will bless us and help us succeed. Verse 25, whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have done, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Let's pray. Father, we do pray uh, that you would bless us as we seek to do Uh, true Jesus-centred, word-centred religion. And I pray for each of us as we're challenged uh, in areas of our life where uh, we need to change a few things, that you would give us a vision of what life will be like, the goodness uh, that you will bring to our lives when we're able to do that. And you'd show us a way through. And I pray particularly for people who are in really tough situations, who are perhaps feeling trapped by them, Uh, or enslaved by them. Pray that this morning, for the rest of our service, you would use um, all the things that happen in the service through your spirit to free them up and to see your way through. And pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.